what's what's funny hearing all of this this is i don't i don't know maybe you're 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 spying on me or what but so to to take it mildly off topic here for a moment um i i've been wanting to get back into pc gaming kind of like as a casual like you know downtime thing yeah, right? like, like 16 hours a day right yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> enough, right? And then I use I use seven of the remaining eight for for this, and then I sleep an hour, right? Perfect. Yeah, see, so done. But I didn't want I didn't want to buy a computer and, and or and build one or go through that whole thing, right? Because it's you know it's 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 expensive it's and yeah, then there's maintenance sure. and it's time consuming. So I signed up for a service called uh, GeForce Now from Nvidia. Yes, uh, GeForce yeah. Now. Yep, very cool. It's five bucks. And it gets me a virtual gaming rig somewhere in the cloud somewhere, right? And it's close enough where the latency is good enough, right? Like, you could tell it's not, like, instant, like, real time, but it's, it's you know, maybe just 15, enough. 20 milliseconds. Like, it's just, just a tiny bit. So I was like, fine, five bucks a month, and now I literally don't have to do any of it. So that's that's great. And then taking that even further... I st- I picked up and have been kind of almost obsessively playing a game called Satisfactory. Oh yes, I I I watch this on YouTube way too often. Right. <laughs> it's a, it, you know, it's a it's a it's a factory simulator basically, right? But it's like like what you're exactly describing is like this game but in like real life, right? Like you have these raw resources and you combine them into things and you convert them into a thing to make another thing and then combine it with another thing that was converted. Like you basically just have this automatic system that just makes all of these things and has all of these different branches. And then you just kind of sit back and watch, right? Like there's obviously no real <laughs> yeah, sure. end goal to this game here, right? Like it's, you aren't really ever done. Yeah. You but, win that like, game. <laughs> no, it, it, it wins you. Yeah. Um, it, in Soviet Russia games beat you. Uh, but like, it's just, <laughs> It's hilarious because I was up to like midnight last night uh, playing this and like it's it's literally the virtual form of like what you're describing here, right? Like you no longer have to get your water from a well and it's like, yeah, because we built pipes that just bring it directly to you. And it's like, huh, where have I seen that before? (laughs) (laughs) This feels familiar. Right. I mean, so, you know, whenever if if you have never heard the, the word abstraction and I don't mean like like an abstract painting, I mean, I mean, in the realm of tech look it up if you if you begin to understand what that means you start to understand the power of it right like we don't code in zeros and ones anymore that's binary it doesn't mean it doesn't exist it still does we just created better ways through which to to communicate right so so then we have assembly language and then we go to to um i forget the next level is called but you have like your your normal languages now right like and so instead of us writing zero one 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 zero in binary we go var equals and that's your variable right <laughs> and it just becomes easier and easier to to interact with those lower levels of abstraction what i want to do is apply that same that same um framework the same fundamental framework should i say to your normal life because why shouldn't it be because at the end of the day how we do these things can be improved with technology well what is technology if you break it down fundamentally it's zeros and ones so there's really no difference. It's more just in parallel to what tech already does. I'm just saying, instead of us thinking about this whole amazing, I want to build the next Facebook. Dude, why don't you just solve one of the basic problems that, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's basic in the sense of it's simple, but basic in the sense of we don't think, we never think about it. Like, when's the last time you're like, I sh- I'm, I'm pumping gas. Like, why, sh- why the hell am I pumping gas as a human? But you should be asking that. You should be asking those questions because you know what reality could look like? Your car's always 
filled up or your car is always charged. It's always clean. You didn't have to do any of it. Um, groceries just arrive on Sunday exactly the way you would want them, but you didn't have to tell the system how you wanted it. It's good to go, right? And so you're able to, again, reallocate that time to spend time with your family, to go on trips, to to just freaking relax if you need to. You know, if you're working 80 hours a week, you need to relax. And I just I want to build another layer, excuse me, of abstraction as a human. Um, and I'm not saying like, you know, I'm not talking about some dystopian utopia where, you know, it's not utopia in the traditional classical sense where we have robot slaves. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about here. That's like a far, although I'm not opposed to it. Uh, I've seen iRobot. I know how this turns I out. I know. I know. That, that's a far extrapolation here. What I'm saying is just take take the the things that just you shouldn't be doing. You know, there, there's I, I I truly hate folding clothes. I will absolutely agree to that one. Well, there's a company called Foldy Mate that are, that is making a. I believe they're saying they're going to retail between a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars. It's an appliance. You basically just feed it in, and it comes out stacked up, ready to go. It can do towels, shirts, jeans, all the stuff I typically wear. Um, and so now I get to not really do something that I hate doing because what's the alternative? I hire somebody to come in like a maid to fold my laundry. Like, no, I really don't care to do that because not because of the person. It's because it's still not, it's not that it's not a good use of my time as an individual. Again, I'm not special. It's not a good time of a human or it's not a good use of a human's capacity and time. Therefore, why can't we build robots or tools, software, what, what have you, to do a lot of these things? Again, not easy. Like, like try to build a folding robot. That's the, that's super freaking complex. <laughs> like, that's insane. And not just the ones that like, oh, it only does t-shirts of medium size. Like, no, like it's got to be you know variants here. But but there are you companies could, that are working on it. You could spend millions of dollars building a, a clothing folding robot or you could you know spend 20 30 grand to get married and have your spouse do it <laughs> that's true that's true which one's got a Don't longer contract me. though <laughs> 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 i'm looking at useful life here right it's got a factor in time um <laughs> well i guess it see it all it all depends on maintenance right i mean yeah. wait this is a family show never mind <laughs> moving on <laughs> but 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 hopefully this makes sense. You know, it's really not me ranting. It's, it's truly like a passion. If we had to talk about like why is Dylan so into automation and stuff, this is the reason. This is why it, it feels so important to me. And it's not just like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like, no, like when I say if you if you are on my Mac right now and you Googled or YouTube automation for the first 10 pages, every link is purple because I've clicked and read, read them all. Um, because I want to know, you know what I mean? I, I want to, I've always said I want to live in the future. And, and I heard a quote that was beautiful, which is the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed, which basically means that things are expensive early on hashtag Moore's law, right? <laughs> like that's how this works, right? Your prototype is going to be 30 grand. And then the, ne- the next version is going to be, you know, 25 and then it's going to exponentially go down theoretically and like, okay, cool. Right. So there are things that exist now that you could do that would really save yourself a ton of time. They're just really expensive. And so, you know, to a certain degree, the game I'm playing is one of patience. I have to wait for a lot of things to become, you know, affordable. Like, do I want to drop 1500 bucks on a machine that folds my laundry? Not really. Would I spend 500? Uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> you know, I, and, I, and I might spend a thousand, you know, who, who knows, but if they told you it was going to be $1,500, you can't tell me you wouldn't spend that. I don't believe you for a minute. <laughs> I would strongly consider it because I, I truly dislike 
folding clothes. Like um, I see, I see the scenario where like, oh, it's going to be fifteen hundred dollars, and Dylan's like, huh, has a little more than I want to spend. Fast forward to exactly nineteen minutes and six seconds later, buy. Like I, <laughs> I, I see you mulling it over, and sure. you're doing you're doing a cost benefit analysis in your head. Yeah, and you're like, sure. Well, you know, it might, you know, it'll recoup its value a little bit farther in the future, but yeah. Listen, and I then do, you buy five. Yeah, like I don't get me wrong. I do have a spreadsheet <laughs> that has all the costs of my well, my previous car because now I don't have a car because I live in the city. Um, they have my previous total cost for a car and then what it would cost for a Tesla. And I was monitoring Tesla.com slash used. And the moment a Model S with autopilot popped up that matched my current cost structure, it's getting bought. The reason for that, well, I can do other things while it's driving. Yeah, I mean, not for You're one of those but, people. But think about it. It's reallocation of time, right? Now, now, don't get me wrong. Autopilot's not there. You still have to pay attention. I'm not saying, like, you're going to, you know, have a meeting and, like, read a book and all that stuff right now. But <laughs> but you should be thinking that. Uh, you know, if you, let's say you do retail arbitrage and you have to go from place to place. Could you re you reallocate that driving time that is, let's say, four hours a day to something more productive? Yeah, you could. Absolutely. Is there is there a way to integrate BrickSeek into the tablet, the center <laughs> console? We're talking. There you well, go. Well, you might have to brick the Tesla to get BrickSeek in there, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's a different discussion. Um, but but think about it. You know, this is why I keep telling business owners like get more technical. I'm not saying you need to become an engineer because I'm certainly not even remotely close to it. But but get more technical to the under, to, to the to understand things like APIs and, and the impact that these things can have because it will give you new ideas. It will allow you to see the world through a different perspective. I really wish that one of the early classes that is required in like an AA, you know, undergrad program is this, this systems mindset that, that engineers get baked into them because you, you guys view things differently, right? You view, okay, you told me all that. What's the inputs, what's the process and what's the output, right? Because that's how a system works. What's the requirements? What are the bottlenecks? And I want people to view the world through these things, not just at a high level in terms of the business that they run, but even the personal life. Like break down what is the actual process for you to grocery shop and make that thing better <laughs> because – or realize actually if I did it this way, I can completely automate it and save myself two hours a week. Well, that matters and it compounds. That's the cool part. Do it long enough. It will compound. One of the reasons why I don't jump into this more heavily compared to you, for example, I think it's a, I think it's a healthy uh, comparison between the two. I think we, we feed off each other well. Yeah. <laughs> is that I don't have – I don't have as much stuff going on, right? Like I, sure. like I won't, I won't automate something away for automation's sake. Like I just, I don't see, because in my head, the the work is yet another thing to do. And if there's nothing to actually solve for, then I'm just not going to bother, right? And I think that comes back to my my simplification a bit, and that like I, you know, I've over the years I've had many you know, as a, as an engineer and a, somebody that, that tinkers on the internet, um, you know, I have computers and VMs and servers and shit everywhere. And recently I've come to realize I don't need like 90% of this, like, you know, um, even, you know, even the, the websites I host, right? Like I, I moved everything out of AWS because it was complicated and I, you know, I found a way to make it simple enough for my needs, right? Like I could have made entirely elaborate, complicated systems and all of these other things, but it, it wasn't solving any problem. Like it was neat to do in the moment. And granted, there is some value in that and the, the experience in, in, of building it. But 
maintaining it and keeping it running was really just a money pit. So there is there is definitely some line to draw here, and I think it's going to be different for everybody. Like Dylan's going to automate his life away if he can <laughs> if he could lay in bed all day and everything just happens around him, he probably would. I would love um, it. <laughs> you no, know, it's funny though. Is like I would actually get bored, and a lot of people do have that perspective of like well, what do you do once everything's automated? I was like, I would find other things to solve. You know, at the end of the day, fundamentally, I'm just trying to solve problems, right? And a lot of that comes down to a capacity problem. I can only do so much as a, as a individual. Um, yeah, we have people in the company, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to hire somebody to do low-level things, right? But but I agree. You know, you, you, you again, to, to the previous point earlier on, like you first have to simplify. Because what you don't want to do is add complexity for complexity's sake. Um, there is a matrix. I'll, I'll send it over so we can add it to to the show notes here. Um, there's a matrix in terms of how long you can actually spend automating a task based on two kind of criteria, which is how long does it take you to do that task and how frequently do you do it. Um, and basically what you're looking at is positive ROI. Because if it if it takes you, let's say, one hour once a quarter, you're not going to spend, you know, five days trying to solve that. You can realistically spend like a few hours solving that. And after that, it's negative ROI, right? So there is always this this contention point between, is it easier to, to just do the thing or to automate it? And it depends. That That's the answer there, right? Sometimes yeah, it depends, right? Sometimes it's easy just for you to do it. Like just, just do it, right? Um, like I can't automate my walking, I'm just going to walk in, in some regard. Right. We kind of, we got part of the way there with the treadmill, at least if right. you, you know, <laughs> you walk on a treadmill, you could in theory do something else more efficiently yeah. than if you were walking outside. Right. Like you could in theory be, you know, we could both be walking here right now and have in, in recording this podcast effectively. Whereas if I was outside, it probably wouldn't be quite the same. And I probably wouldn't want to because it's kind of cold and wet today. It's also garbage day, but I got to close my window this time, which is great. That's good. I'm sorry. <laughs> I left that into the last episode. I want everyone to feel my pain. You know, so, I mean, yeah, we, could, we could automate walking or, you know, just have a robot attached to your feet and then just kind of move you around. I don't know. It really wouldn't build muscle or anything, but, like, I feel like there's, you know, there's got to be some way to automate physical movement at this point, right? Just the thing that just makes you do your arm things. Right. And- it works you out kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. A lot of people think when you're this obsessed or really passionate, in my opinion, about automation and stuff that you want to be more robotic. It's actually quite the opposite. What I'm saying is that there are robotic processes happening around you that you have to fit inside of as a human. And that's incorrect a lot of the times. What I'm what I'm advocating for is to take those things that are logic based, that are procedure based and just make them that. Because in doing so, it's actually freeing you up to be more human. Fun fact, Dylan likes being human. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is free up more of myself, my time, my capacity to be that, to be a great boyfriend, husband in the near future, um, to be a great team leader, to have to be able to have the time to have in-depth conversations with my employees that are not just, hey, did you get this thing done? Hey, dude, how you feeling today? What's going on in your life? Because you know what makes us human? Emotions. But a lot of times we don't have the capacity to truly be our emotional, psychological-based life forms, so to speak, because we have these tasks that need to get done. What I'm advocating for is that if you could take those tasks 
automate them using a service, a, a bot, what, whatever the solution in the tool belt is for that, that given problem, and you hand that off, you are now freeing yourself to be more human. That is the point. It frees you up to go walk next next to 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 the harbor in the morning with with the sunrise with with your spouse. It allows you to do that, and a lot of people don't see it through that perspective because we never talk about that. And so, I want to make that very clear. What I'm not advocating for is that we should all meld into this dystopian future, which is we are human or we are we are robots. It's not. I'm saying. We need to create new levels of abstraction to where we can free ourselves from those those uncreative things that just need to get done, but we don't need to do it. Because again, if my car can go get a get a, get you know fill itself up and and car wash, and let's say that takes two hours, I get to spend two hours, you know, having lunch with my spouse and actually having deep conversations and and you know furthering that relationship. It's easier to do that when you're face to face than when you have to go get a car wash. Would you would you take that that scenario specifically so far to have like your own personal fill and car wash station like in your home? Like say you had okay, say you have a home with space for this in theory, right? And you have the disposable income. And there is, you know, like a drive-through car wash, right? It's basically just a station. You you stop, you're stationary, and a robot does some things around you, and then you drive away. If there was like a personal version of that, in so theory, service-based, right? Like like it's just something that gets installed in your home. Like say you have a garage with a space for it, right? Would you would you go for something like that? Yes. So it exists. I've already done the research on. it. <laughs> of course, it does. <laughs> so there, basically, there, there's there's it's a personalized. Um, car wash that you mount inside of your garage. Um, it's very expensive. That's the hard, again, the future is already here, but it's not evenly distributed. A lot of these things are very expensive. Now let's, let's pull back the capital constraint and just say, yeah, Dylan could spend however much money on whatever. Would you, would I do that? It depends. Um, and what it depends on is the difference in cost between that and could I have my car drive itself to get it done? Because I do consider my, myself a minimalist, right? So what I don't want is a bunch of machinery in my home looking like um, looking like the mad professor from Back to the Future's home, right? Like I really don't want that kind of craziness, right? That's really not me. What I want is something that's invisible, right? I want things to get done, but you not have to be like, oh, like there's Dylan's like self-washing car thing. Like if that's the only option and it's the most affordable option and it lasts forever and it's low maintenance, yeah, I would probably go that route, Um but if, if another option is comparable and does not require me to own new materials or have something installed, I would prefer that. So it just depends on the the options available, I guess. I think the biggest difference between the two scenarios are the number of variables to account for, right? Like in, in the case of car washing, you know, you also have the problem, the formula to solve for entirely self-driving vehicles that can navigate – with zero inputs always right like you have to solve that problem first before you can get the car to drive to the car wash on its yeah, own for sure. it's an, and navigate yeah. to the car wash whereas it's an just having problem. your own <laughs> right yeah like yeah. there's it's it is it is the it's like the the long-term solution to this right whereas like the the in-home dingus that hangs from your ceiling is like the the stop gap right like we take big baby steps to start toward these goals. sure and again that comes back to first principles right first principles would dictate my car should just be able to drive there and like that that's the optimum solution in my opinion but you also have to factor in like let's go with like the the fold clothes the clothing folding machine 1500 bucks but living in boston that's going to cost me like a ton of money to have somebody do that 
However, living in Chiang Mai, I know that costs roughly $2 per bag. And you're going to do that once a week. And so in that case, it would be cheaper for me to actually hire somebody to do it than having machine do it. So it does depend on the on the relative cost, right? Um, so it depends on your geographical location. It depends on, you know, what's the comp? Like if, if me having a service and a human do it is cheaper, I would prefer that because costs, I am cost, um, I'm not cost sensitive, but I'm cost aware, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying like I want robots be for robots sake. I don't, I want the best solution. Um, and so, cause at that point, you know, $2, let's, let's say $2 per week. Um, let's, let's say it's going to cost $1,500 for the robot. It's going to take $1,500 divided by $2 in terms of how many weeks before I can actually break even on that. And that's years, right? Like that's, that makes no sense. Um, because you also have to factor in, well, maybe we get to a point where you actually never, like we have a new material science that gets released where you never have to wash your clothes ever again, because they have, um, micro microbes inside that actually are self cleansing, which companies are working on. Well, at that point, let's say that's two years out and I bought this $1,500 machine. It's like, well, I still spent the $1,500, but I could have theoretically spent $2 per week times however many, you know, you know, uh, 52 times two, right? So it's 104 weeks. That's way. So $208 versus $1,500. Something to consider, right? You have to factor in the next evolution. So you, you always have to be factoring in something similar to Moore's law. It's not always Moore's law, but I use that as an example because a lot of this tech is exponential, right? It's on an exponential curve. It's not linear. So you have to factor in the fact that things are going to be fundamentally different. Like the way you shop today versus in two years could be fundamentally different. Um, and we're having these conversations in the office now, like, you know, so, so it's not unrealistic, but you do have to, it's not like back in the day where you're like, oh, well, the useful life is 20 years. Therefore, you know, the, the, the average cost per week per month is super low when you, when you extrapolate it out. Well, now it's like, I don't need a useful life greater than two years because the, you know, you're going to take this folding machine and the next version of it's going to be 10 times better and half the price. And you're going to have competition. How do you factor in? companies and services that, you know, have a non-zero chance of just not existing before you've been able to recoup the amount of money you've spent on them. Like for, I'll give you you an example, come back to the grocery thing. Uh, There was a service I'd paid for, uh, I was paying quarterly. Um, They basically assembled my grocery lists for me based on recipes, right? Which is awesome because like i've said i am terrible at coming up with this stuff so i'm like all right that sounds good click that sounds good click and at the end it's like all right well here's what you need you need three onions total you need a half a stick of butter total so get one full stick because those don't exist right like it had, yeah. <laughs> it had made a um a, a shopping list that had a total quantity of of an item to cover all the recipes right versus you know buying little tiny individual portions and then shortly after i signed up they just disappeared. Were you paying? Did you pay upfront, or were you paying like a monthly thing? So I'd paid upfront, uh, quarterly upfront. Got so it. Oh kinda, yeah, you did quarterly. So okay. like, now admittedly, it wasn't a lot. It was it was thirty bucks per quarter, which isn't oh, a lot. That's not bad. But yeah. Okay. The fact that you know I paid and they just ghosted me more or less. Like maybe maybe my timing was terrible and they were just quietly shutting down and I didn't notice, but they still definitely charged me after they shut down. I tell you what, trying to convince. Trying to explain to my bank what the service did and right. <laughs> why the name wasn't even remotely related to that was, you know, fun. 
but like how do you how do you work that into your your mental model of whether you you decide to go in on on something yeah i mean this is where you know um you have the hype curve right so so some people are going to be um first movers in in terms of i i need the eight thousand dollar 4k tv now because i want to be the first one to have it i'm not that person i i realistically don't think most people should be that person um, because you have kinks, right? Like the first version of anything is garbage relative to the ne- the next and especially the 10th. Right. And so when you realize, yeah, you paid $8,000 for a 4k TV, the first time it came out, but in a year that 4k TV at 55 inches costs 800 bucks. You're like, what the heck? Right. But that's how Moore's laws work. Oh my gosh. Imagine that. So you have to factor in other mental models like Moore's law. Right. So I never need to be the first person to have anything. I'm not that person. I I want to be the second or third iteration end because one, it's it's dramatically gotten better, like exponentially better. It's also gotten very cheap. Um, and they've worked out the kinks. Listen, if you're on the third iteration of a product or a service, you're not the, the probability of you going away is much lower. Right. Um, now certainly you're gonna take hits on things, you know. I the, the get back to like the, the folding mate um, robot. My preference would not be to own one in my apartment. My preference would be for for the apartment to have one room that has like four of these and I it gets factored into my rent. Right? Because imagine imagine you have fifteen hundred dollars times four, that's not much, right? Six grand plus you have that evenly distributed among amongst let's say a hundred people per month. Nothing. Right? They're gonna make money on it, right? At that point, I'm paying for usage, which is cool. I, I prefer to pay for usage than to pay for ownership in most cases. And this is where the world's kind of shifting. If you think about car ownership, it's starting to go away. Because in most cities, especially like a Boston city, it would cost you roughly $1,000 per month to have a basic car here. Basic car. Not going to use it that frequently either, so it's kind of wasteful. Whereas I could spend $100 a month on Ubers for the same amount of usage. So whenever I can pay for usage, I want to. Now, certainly you're running the calculus, which is, you know, is it cheaper for me to own that thing per month than to, you know, pay for usage? And, and it depends. Like in Jacksonville, Florida, it would cost, it would basically flip. Like it would cost me $1,000 a month to use Uber frequently, whereas, you know, my my car costs, let's say, 600 bucks in total, factoring in everything per month, right? So I, I would be net negative there. So it depends on those variables. It depends on, again, the relative cost to what, it's an opportunity cost, certainly, but it's also managerial accounting. What's your, what's your options? Which one is technically cheaper based on your usage and things like that? Um, that's what I would prefer to see. And eventually, you'll start to see that. You'll start to see apartments say, you know what, we're already giving you you know, washing machine and dryers in like a laundry room because not every apartment has those in unit. Luckily mine does, thank God. But like, what's the difference in them, especially like newer places saying, Hey, we're going to put three of these in here. Hey, we're going to put two of these in here. So the moment you're done, start racking them up. And then when you get to go, go back, you're good. Or they become a utility in the sense of, Hey, can I pay you guys an extra 60 bucks a month to hire one, one employee who's going to just do this 24 seven. You're going to wash my clothes. You're going to dry them. You're going to fold them, which is more efficient for them. And you're just going to deliver like a little package, which is my clean folded clothes to my apartment once a week. Do you, when you stay at hotels, do you have uh, housekeeping, do your laundry? You know, it, it depends. So normally I travel very light. Rarely do I have to wash clothes. So I usually just wait till I get back. Now, 
I would. If it was a problem, if I'm like, I have no clean clothes and I'm here for an extra two days, yeah, I'm going to. Um, because again, like if you're at that point, I'm assuming you're on vacation and spending time with family. Do I want to spend two hours doing laundry or do I want to spend two hours by the pool? Yeah, by the pool. I'll, I'll pay you the 15, 20 bucks to do my laundry. Whenever we go, uh, usually to more exotic places, places, non-typical places. Like when we went to the Caribbean a few years ago, we stayed in a condo and had to do our own laundry. And that was just part of the part of the deal of staying in somebody's home versus yeah, staying at a resort, right? One hundred percent. Or when we went to the United Kingdom, we stayed in people's apartments and had to do our own laundry there. And like, you know, like it was a deliberate choice. But I can't I can't think of a time when I've ever actually had laundry done by like a hotel. You know, right. like it's, well, I'm it always weary. Like, are you going to do it right? No, you know? like not. it's going to be like. The harshest of chemicals, so your clothes are ruined. You know what I mean? No, but again, like it's it's not that I'm against doing it. It's that it, again, it, that's just not a problem. You know, I, I just I've yet to have that be a problem where I, I needed to find a solution or or use that frequently, just the way that I travel or just the places that I go. Really, just you know, it, I, I I typically do stay in Airbnbs because they are typically cheaper, and I can use points for Airbnbs, which is nice. But it just it hasn't come up. And if it does, it does. You know, what I would prefer to do actually in that situation is do it in the unit versus paying dry cleaners only because, you know, your local dry cleaner when you're traveling is going to have a different turnaround time than somebody who understands your expectation is I need this like now. And the cost is different. It could theoretically be more expensive than than the hotel. Right. Because you're you're distributing that cost amongst thousands upon thousands of travelers per month versus I get. I get, you know, uh, 120 clients per month max and they send me like three dry cleaning shirts. Like you're, you're getting charged more. And so again, cost matters. You know, I'm not cost sensitive, but I am aware of it. Do I want to pay somebody 50 bucks to wash three shirts? No. Would I pay like 15? Maybe, you know, so it, it just depends, you know, that that's where I am is like, there's always, and I, I've yet to find an equation I can break this down to. There's gotta be one that exists where like at what, at what price point am I, is it a clear decision for me? Right. Because it does look at, it's not just like, do I think it's expensive or not? It's an ROI thing, right? Like $500 for folding mate versus 1500 is dramatically different in my opinion. Oh, of course. Of course. The, our, our building on the, the topic of small things that, you know, uh, an apartment building is offloading the, because of COVID-19 or at least allegedly what they say. Um, I think it's more because people don't know how to throw garbage away. They, they, uh, they hired a service, uh, like a valet trash service and gave everybody garbage cans. Luckily it's free, but I'm, 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 I'm greatly opposed to them only because I feel like that's like beyond that, that line you draw where like, just take out your own damn trash. Like in this case, you know, it's, it's a building with interior entrances, right? Okay, sure. So we have a trash chute. It's yep, literally 50 feet down the hallway. Yep. Right. What you're, what are you really optimizing for at this point? If all you're doing feet. is it, right. Like, especially if you live across the hall from the trash chute, like what do you, what pro, you're not solving anything at this point, really? Like, no. And like my previous apartment, you know, it was exterior. So like when you walked out of your apartment, like you were technically outside, you were covered. Um, and so in that situation, we did have valet trash pickup, but that's because you only had like three dumpsters and like a massive complex. And so like, do you really want to walk like in, in the Florida heat, like, you know, 300 yards? No, I don't. Um, I just want to sit it outside and move on. But, you know, the place that I have now, it's all internal and we have a trash chute that's two doors down. So I don't, in that situation, I'm not mad that they don't have it. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I walk two doors down. It takes me less than two minutes to do it. So like, that's totally fine. 
Um, so again, you know, it's, it's never binary. That's the funny part here, right? It's never, you should always have valet trash. It's like, no, it kind of depends, right? Like there's always variables at play that matters. It's one, the cost it's two, how much are you actually saving me? Cause if you're saving me, you know, 20 minutes once a week, I'm kind of interested now. <laughs> like if I don't have to pay anything, right. If you're going to charge me 20 bucks a month to save me 20 minutes a week, probably not. Like half the, or not half, I should say more like a third of the people on my floor. And there's roughly 20, nah, maybe 20, 22 units per floor, give or take. Don't even participate in this service. I'm thinking to myself, like when, when, when I got the email about it, I was like, Hey, can we just opt out? Right. <laughs> Cause like, I don't want to just not like, I don't, I don't see the value in this and two, the trash shoots right there. And they're like, well, everyone's going to be participating and it's really a good thing. And I'm like, okay, we'll see. We'll see about this. <laughs> right. Okay. And lo and behold, you can tell who hasn't done it because when we got the garbage cans, they put, they stuck like a flyer hanging yeah. out of it. And, and you can there. see all of the units that still have the garbage can with the flyer hanging out of it. Like they just, they're just not even, they're not even going for it. They're just leaving it outside. And it's like, hmm, I, I'd say I told you so, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's really going to click. Like I, like I, I get what they were going for, but like you said, like in Florida where it's like 9 million degrees and you're walking through a swamp just to go to your garbage can, or, you know, I lived in a place here and this is washington so in the winter it's like 40 degrees and miserable and you want to kill yourself you don't really want to walk to the dumpster now i guess i am i have a hard time like if if i had to pay for this service i would be way more frustrated about it because i i don't like having the option taken away from me and i think that's a that's a big differentiator here like here like you know we talk about cars that self fuel or self wash like you could still take it to a car wash and do it yourself or you could still do it yourself go fill it yourself or you could still do your grocery shopping yourself right like you have the option if if that option is taken away from me i'm way less likely to just be automatically on board yeah buy something you yeah know? There's, there's a concept um I, I cannot think of the book it was an amazing book but um it talked about paternal libertarianism And the idea is that if you look at 401ks as an example, um, we know that by default, people who use it as employees versus people who don't are happier that they did, right? And like you're 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 wealthier, blah blah blah. The issue there is that it's opt in. So they 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 did some tests and they found that if you make it opt out, aka you're automatically enrolled and it's gonna automatically match five, it's gonna do your match, right? So. If your employee match is 5%, cool, that's what we're going to do by default. Now, the important part of why it is paternalism is the fact that it, by default, again, defaults are powerful, chooses the best option for you, generally speaking. It's libertarian in the sense that you can absolutely say, yeah, I don't like that, stop it. You go, okay, cool, Like that's totally fine. right? So by default, if you did nothing as a human, your life is better than if you did something. So if you're opting out of it, you're explicitly making that decision, which is totally fine. Right. And so I like this idea and I will, I will have to find the book so we can link to it. Um, I do. Oh, it's called nudge. That's what it is. It's nudge. Beautiful book. Um, I like the idea of, of building these kind of defaults into your life. Right. Cause here's a beautiful idea. What if that, what if you set up your environment to make you happy, wealthy and, and fit random examples. By default, right? So how would you do like the fitness one? Okay, well, we know that if by default you do not allow snacks and bad food in your home, you won't eat them. 
Nine times out of 10. Okay, that's a great default. Don't allow it. Only have healthy shit in your home. So when you do crave something, you're like, yeah, this is what we got, I'll eat it. Um, great, so by default, you're gonna be healthier than the alternative. Let's say by default, I don't get an Uber to walk from my apartment to my office. By default, I walk. Okay, cool. I'm hitting 10,000 steps a day. I'm healthier than not doing that. Now, could I opt out of that? Of course, once it starts snowing, that might change. But as it stands right now, that's what I want to do. Default is I bring lunch to the office like the guys just left to go grab food. Well, by default, I bring, I bring lunches, and it's stuff that I've meal prepped, right? So it's healthier than the alternative. I love this idea of bending and really controlling your environment to suit your interests, not from a, not from a willpower standpoint. Not like, oh, well, I bought a treadmill there. I can use it whenever. It's like, yeah, but do you know? Okay, well, then it really doesn't matter, right? So you have to think this through, but, but you can build defaults into your life in a multitude of ways that can have a profound effect to where whenever you do step out of them, it doesn't matter. If you're craving that dirty cheeseburger and you go to get it, it's okay. That's the exception, not the rule. Mm-mm. I know, I right? Cheeseburger. <laughs> so, so I like this idea, right? So, you know, again, I like frameworks. I like mental models. Um, it's, it's funny how these things can, can compound upon themselves. Um, but yeah, but you, you can do a lot of cool stuff. So I wanted to bring up the paternal libertarianism because that's basically what you want <laughs> with the trash situation. You're like, yeah, give me the default, but like, let me opt out. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And, and like, I, I, I get like, if it was something where like the building didn't have a shoot, like obviously there was no alternative, then fine, whatever. It's just, it's the, the modus operandi. I think if I'm using the, the correct Latin, uh, is that Latin? Yeah. I don't know Latin. Yeah, it is. Modus operandi. I'm pretty sure. They, we really need to bring that language back, man. That, I'm telling you what. <laughs> well, let's bring back a dead language here on the podcast. Perfect. That's Welcome we to it. Latin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that. I think my thought is complete. Yeah, if there was, if I didn't have an alternative, fine. I would accept it. I would not want to pay for it because I feel like you could have built a trash chute in this building. And I feel like that's just a money grab, you know, file into the same category as pet rent. Yeah, this is we're not we don't need to spend hours venting about apartments. I think everyone <laughs> has similar perspectives on this, unless you're a landlord, in which case eat. <laughs> I'm very I don't know. I, so, I, so I can't I can't stand landlord sob in, stories. Uh, Jonathan's never investing in um, residential real estate. Anytime Jesus, soon. God, no. Yeah. I mean, no. God, that's great. I, I've, I think about it a lot and I can never get past the the landlord aspect of it. Like. I've hated every landlord that was just an individual owner that I've ever worked with. Like every single one of them was some flavor of a garbage human. Okay. And maybe I'm stereotyping individual landlords. Perhaps. I don't know, Dylan, if you're, (laughs) if, if you're a real estate investor, landlord person, I don't know. I am not. But like, I, I have a really hard time listening to the sob stories, especially now where you know, if you weren't treating your properties like a business, I don't know what to tell you, you know, like <laughs> life sucks, I guess, you know, so. Sucks to suck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll wrap it up here though. Cause I think it's a, it's a good time, you know, or a good place, but like, you know, I, I think more people just need to view things differently and, and you should be asking higher level questions. I really dislike when people are asking very low level questions. 
which is like, what color chair should I get? Like, bro, listen, if that's the level of conversations you're having right now in business and in personal life, you're doing this whole human thing wrong. <laughs> listen, start learning, start, start diving deeper into not just programming, but logic, understanding how logic works, understanding how if then statements work, because trust me, that applies everywhere. <laughs> you know, start to understand what abstraction means, start to understand how APIs work and understand how you can apply that to to your personal life and your business life to make make your life scalable. I think that's that's a cool concept, right? It's like, yeah, you want your business to be scalable, but what about your life? Have you ever thought about your life being scalable or is it just fixed? Is it it just is what it is? Like that's not a growth mindset, you know? And and to have a framework through which you can take some ideas, extrapolate those out into the future a few years and be like, that's pretty damn cool. You know what? I want to be a part of that or I want to include that. And listen, maybe you can't build it. A lot of this stuff we're talking about, I sure as hell can't build. But I know people who could, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I know how to find those people. And, and maybe it's worth maybe it's worth finding somebody who's just as passionate as you are about solving one problem. And great, now you get an amazing business idea. You know, if, if you want to talk about finding business ideas, solve problems, man. That's all you do as a business. Or if you really, you know, if you want to just take the sheep route, just go to wire cutter and buy whatever they tell you to. And I literally did that up. today for a trash can, which is really funny. Here's why they, here's why you can trust them, Dylan, because they spent 900 hours sucking on water bottles to tell you yeah, which literally. one is the best. Yeah, like, how did you, what do you mean you, you tested like 30 different trash cans and this, like, it's a trash can. What does a trash can test look like? Please explain this. Like, and I feel like there's, there's there's not enough right not enough talk about what the actual tests are. Like I best know. picnic blanket. How do you test a picnic blanket? But to be does honest, it give you I a rash? Totally does it look them, repulsive? Though. I totally <laughs> like, trust them though. Like like explicitly, I'm like, yeah, that. Here's the budget. Here's the one we recommend. I'm like, do I want to spend a hundred dollars on a trash can or thirty bucks? I'm like, there it is, done. I'm not even kidding. Like I did that today. The wire cutter is the best affiliate links oh, wrapped up in product review scam that ever existed and i and want I to own like... it i literally want to own it all right we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to end there because i just saw uh employees pulling in uh heavy heavy boxes so i need to go help oh god <laughs> we, oh we god. have Aaron oh coming in today so excellent <laughs> that's where we're gonna end it <laughs> all right dylan it's been fun all right man later